focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, we have our Friday reporters joining us in the studio, Kwon Soa and Son Bo-kyung. Guys, welcome back. Hi, guys. Hi. All right, uh, we're going to start things off with uh, the full one-week coverage that we've been uh, following up on NATO summit, right? Uh, President Yoon Sagyar having returned from Madrid after his participation at the NATO summit there. Uh, one of his last big meetings was with the head of NATO uh, so, so uh, tell us more about this one-on-one, uh, not to mention President Yoon's latest remarks that he made on the trilateral summit with his U.S. and Japanese counterparts as well. All right, let me start with a quick rundown. Uh, President Yoon Seok-yeol is back from a five-day trip to Madrid for the NATO summit. The actual event was held between the 29th and the 30th on those two days, and uh, he was invited to the NATO summit, um, not as a member, but as a, a guest. And uh, he held a total of 16 diplomatic schedules in three days involving bilateral summits, multilaterals. It was also uh, the president's international debut as president, and also it was the first time that a South Korean leader attended the NATO summit. Also, the first trilateral meeting with uh, the U.S. and Japanese counterparts uh, was held in almost five years. And on Thursday, local time, Yoon met with NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg after a two-day postponement from their original date uh, they were to meet. And there, during this meeting, the two assessed uh, the cooperation uh, between NATO and South Korea since Korea has become a global partner of NATO since 2006. And they discussed Seoul's plan to enter a new partnership with the alliance in the second half of the year, as well as the opening of a mission to NATO in Belgium. The presidential office said Stoltenberg during the one-on-one said he welcomes the South Korean leader's participation in the NATO summit, describing it as a historic event. Meanwhile, on his flight home, President Yoon talked with reporters who were on a trip together where he chose the three-way meeting with the U.S., uh, with his U.S. and Japanese counterparts, Joe Biden and Fumio Kishida, as the most impressive and diplomatically most meaningful schedule during his time in Madrid, followed by the NATO summit itself, uh, where he could listen to the world's leaders on pressing security issues, as well as the so-called AP4 summit involving mm. South Korea, Japan, Australia and New Zealand. Those were actually the all of these countries I mentioned were those who are not members but have been invited. When uh, asked about any progress in terms of trilateral cooperation with Washington and Tokyo on North Korea's denuclearization, Yoon said the three sides agreed in principle that it would be desirable to resume military security cooperation to respond to Pyongyang's nuclear issue, uh, which has been suspended for quite some time. And he added that details are expected to be further discussed among the foreign and defense ministers as well as other security officials of each nation. Uh, we were supposed to be connecting with an expert. Uh, we're going to hold off for on that just a bit. Uh, we are having a difficult time uh, getting connected with him, but uh, we will connect with Professor Kim Young-jun from the Korean National Defense uh, University in just a moment. Before that, let's move on to our next topic here. Industry Minister Yi Chang-yang went to Poland to promote the sales of South Korea's nuclear power technologies. We've been talking about sales diplomacy, right, uh, throughout the entire NATO summit. Uh, Pogyang, tell us more about this. Sure. So, Industry Minister Yi Chang-yang made a stop to Poland on Thursday following his visit to the Czech Republic to promote nuclear power sales in Poland. 
According to the Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy, Lee met Poland's climate minister Anna Moskwa in Warsaw on Thursday and discussed bilateral cooperation in the areas of nuclear power, defense and high-tech industries. The ministry's delegation included companies such as South Korea's Korea Hydro and Nuclear Power Corporation and Tucson Inability. During the meeting with Poland's climate minister, Moskwa, Lee explained Seoul's advanced nuclear power technologies and its safety and hoped for deeper cooperation between the two countries with the project proposal that was submitted last April. So then what is this proposal all about? So in February last year, Poland announced its plan to build six nuclear reactors by 2043 based on its 2040 energy strategy. It is expected that the country will decide the reactor type within this year and begin the construction in 2026, and Korea is bidding to take part in that nuclear project. So following the meetings, an event was held in which nine MOUs on nuclear power, hydrogen and e-mobility and other energy-related fields were signed between six Korean companies and nine Polish companies. I just wanted to remind you that during President Yoon Suk-yeol's visit to Madrid to attend the NATO summit, Yoon also promoted the sales of Korea's nuclear power by meeting with the Polish President Andrzej Duda and discussing ways to enhance energy cooperation. So I believe this clearly shows that the Yoon administration is actively pushing to revive its nuclear energy industry. That's right. And uh, we mentioned before that uh, Poland's been uh, very keen on ramping up their military defenses as well. And so we could certainly see some cooperation. Uh, we are now going to, of course, continue to talk about uh, NATO and uh, get an expert's view on the outcome of President Yoon's NATO summit attendance. For this, once again, uh, he certainly has been very busy in the past uh, couple of days as well. Professor Kim Young-jun from the Korean National Defense University joining us on the line. Professor Kim, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So uh, speaking at the NATO summit, uh, you know, President Yoon Suk-yeol was able to, again, hold that speech, which was uh, unprecedented the very first time that a South Korean leader was able to do this. Uh, he, there he stressed that the international community must clearly show its resolve to denuclearize North Korea, which is what he said is stronger than the North's determination to develop their missile and nuclear program. Uh, what's your take on his uh, message? How do you analyze that? Yeah, Yun's uh, message at the, as the, the first rock president uh, message to the uh, NATO country is a very impressive and very strong without using a world of China. But then his message on North Korea is definitely very strong and then show very well about the direction of the foreign policy of the Yun administration on North Korea. So uh, the nuclearization process will be continue and then um, North Korean nuclear threat will be uh, detailed by the uh, rough U.S. and the country's uh, deterrence as well. And also on China, uh, Yun administration is very well uh, mentioned about the, uh, the free trade, the free order, uh, institutional order, which will be maintained by the uh, U.S. and Iraq and other countries in the Pacific area. So his message was very strong, and um, on North Korea, definitely his show very well about the direction of foreign policy for the next five years. And uh, Professor Kim, uh, one of the major points of attention at the NATO summit was the adoption of the 2022 strategic concept, uh, which provides the security and political directions the alliance will be following in the next decade or so. And uh, this document this time included China as a so-called systematic challenge to the NATO's interests, security and values. So what's your assessment on this designation? 
Yeah, it's a very sensitive issue, especially that the Republic of Korea has a different interest from the U.S. or NATO country. But definitely as uh, the global partnership uh, of the liberal institutional order, the ROC have to share about the concern on the rise of China at the same time, Russian challenge against the, uh, the current liberal institutional order. So on China, definitely NATO mentioned about the systematic challenge with Russia so I think it's that the rock is now the time to join at the same concern, not just uh, on North Korean issue, but also global issue uh, with the uh, NATO partnership and in the Pacific country. So, Professor Kim, the presidential office said that four Asian Pacific countries, including South Korea, are designing a new Indo-Pacific strategy. And I believe that South Korea must be making many considerations about how to draft its China policy. So, Professor Kim, what would be your advice for South Korea to consider in its China policy? China policy, we have the, in South Korea has a divided two group of thought. One is uh, we have to maintain ambiguous position between the two powerful countries because uh, China is too close, too powerful, and it's an important country in solving those Korean issues as well. And other group is about, yeah, we have to be side of the uh, U.S. and other country more clearly rather than ambiguous position. Uh, but um, we need to focus on the detail of the policy making rather than just uh, simply to divide group of the uh, based on the ideology. We need to check about the, uh, which policy option should be considered by the uh, uh, only the based on pragmatism and national interest. For example, maybe Jisomia information gathering with Japan against North Korea is fine. But um, for example, uh, joining a Taiwan issue with the uh, military ground forces is uh, another matter. So we need to always check about the level of cooperation and level of issue case-by-case uh, case based on the totally national interest and pragmatic approach. So, I mean, despite the fact that, uh, you know, South Korea was there as an observer nation, right, and uh, President Yoon, despite the fact that, again, South Korea, not a NATO member nation, still, uh, President Yoon had a very busy schedule. He had uh, 10 bilateral talks, uh, three multilateral talks as well. But, I mean, let's face it, the one that was uh, kind of in the spotlight most was the South Korea-U.S.-Japan Trilateral Summit. I, considering, you know... We've had many three-way talks, uh, not necessarily including the three leaders. You know, we had like the foreign ministers and like the defense uh, ministers as well. Uh, always you get the kind of the same results. But now with the leaders getting involved, uh, what kind of practical measures or new measures even uh, in regards to North Korea can we expect in the near future now? Now, as everybody knows, and Kim Jong-un knows, yeah, China and Russia will never join any kind of a U.S.-lead U.N. sanctions, so he enjoyed to develop their nuclear missile test. So for the next four years or five years, uh, uh, we need to manage North Korea as a uh, crisis management rather than uh, only focus on genocide and stuff, because it will be very difficult in this situation, not just because of uh, South Korea or North uh, U.S intention, but because of the international situation, including U.S.-China competition and U.S.-Russia tension. So in this situation, we need to focus on uh, more management uh, the mindset rather than only focusing on sanction or uh, denuclearization negotiation talks. So I think it's uh, for the next four or five years, uh, without re-election of the former President Trump, the yeah, international situation will be the same. So we need to focus on the uh, North Korean issue with uh, more attention and rather than uh, uh, speed up.
<laughs> Professor Kim, do you think uh, if uh, President, former President Trump gets reelected, he might really get into uh, talking to Kim Jong Un once again for a peace process? <laughs> yes, maybe we now is read a lot of biography of a former uh, Trump advisor. Uh, if he was uh, reelected at the second term, he really tried to think about the uh, two. Uh, option on the Korean Peninsula. One is the peace treaty with North Korea or and um, withdrawal of the USFK. So uh, who knows uh, that the, now the Biden approval rate is very low and the term election is uncertain and uh, only two, two years we have. So Trump or Trump supported uh, candidate will be winner. Um, we need to prepare for that because we have only two years. So uh, that's why I uh, want to say. Yeah, I think uh, President Trump, former President Trump, uh, needs to deal with that January sixth uh, hearing, Capitol Hill hearing <laughs> first before uh, he delves <laughs> yeah, into any kind yeah, of re-election yeah. pledge. Right, uh, Professor right. Kim, thank you very much for connecting with us today. We do appreciate your insights and uh, looking forward to talking to you again. Thank you very much. It's actually quite interesting, right? I mean, the, the closest we ever got, I guess, like in sort of bringing peace on the Korean Peninsula was actually when former President Donald Trump was uh, in office. But, I mean, whether or not, I, I, I'm still uh, kind of skeptical. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure whether or not uh, Trump really wanted uh, denuclearization on the Korean Peninsula or he was doing it for show. Uh, but nevertheless, that is uh, quite an interesting outlook there. I mean, guys, you guys have been kind of uh, following up on the NATO summit uh, and things like that and all the things that uh, covered. And again, it was kind of notable because, again, first time, right, uh, that a South Korean leader was invited to the NATO summit. Anything that really stood out for you guys? Like, well, you know, it was a busy week, right? There's so many things that we discussed. So what was it like the one thing that really stood out for you guys? So I'll start off with you. Um, I don't think anything really stood out. Yeah, actually. right, it right. Was, most, of us, mo most of it was predictable, uh, but uh, I think it was a really uh, great opportunity for President Yoon seong yeol to attend that meeting and have, uh, I think he even had more encounters with um, diplomatic encounters than he was initially scheduled to have, except mm. for uh, one summit that was canceled with his uh, Finnish, uh, uh, was yeah, it? Yeah, Finnish yeah, 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 yeah apart yeah uh, that was at the very start yeah, yeah. right uh, yeah uh, I actually don't have I didn't it was not like outstandingly impressive anything and there was also nothing negative about it yeah I mean, but it, it, I think it, it was I mean many had uh, high expectations on the trilateral uh, meeting itself that it opened actually so we for years and years we only had working level meetings uh, or ministerial level meetings but not the three presidents of South Korea the US and Japan get together so I think that is one step that we a great uh, step that we made at this. Yeah, and again, I mean, uh, what they're going to do next is big because I keep mentioning this. I mean, they've had talks before in different levels, right? Maybe not at the, uh, you know, I guess the leader level, mm. uh, at the very top level. But, uh, I mean, you kind of get the same kind of results in the end. But if, let's say, like, uh, you know, a South Korea... Japan summit was uh, held that that would have been massive right and uh, what the two leaders would have said but that you know that didn't happen uh Pogian, what about yourself anything that really stood out for you during the uh, NATO summit personally uh personally no but I just think it was positive that it was positive that he did attend as an observer for the first time being a Korean president and also that um he was promoting nuclear sales I think that was he mm. was aiming to reach both an international aim 
as well as something economical so yeah. to help the economy of the, of the Korean uh, of Korea so doing all these um, sales of promoting nuclear technologies of Korea and the other energy related fields I think by that he was trying to achieve a little bit more not just doing a debut to the international arena so I think that was something to compliment maybe yeah, or no, no because I mean listen I mean if, if uh, South Korea is there as an observer nation right then you, they're not gonna make a splash okay you, you know you have the NATO member n- countries there and then you have an observer nation you're not going to make a big 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 announcement or you're not going to make any kind of big splash at the front but I do agree with you I mean the one thing really that stood out that personally although everyone was talking about the trilateral summit I mean for me it was more the, the sales diplomacy although sales diplomacy is not new anything new I mean pr- former president Moon Jae-in and a lot of uh, the international events I mean, he promoted sales diplomacy as well. But I mean, this is a good opportunity for South Korea uh, to boost their economy in different sectors as well. Don Pak says uh, startup teams forming against Russia and China. Yeah, I said that too. And uh, I mean, that's also nothing new. Although, to me, honestly, it's a little bit concerning that uh, teams are forming so quickly and so evidently right now. Uh, but I think the good thing is, uh, you know, President Yoon Suk-yeol was very smart with his speech and that he didn't directly mention China. Um, I keep saying that he's doing a good job in kind of balancing out, uh, not kind of pushing away China. Uh, but instead, uh, you know, kind of not naming China and still in, in China, although they might be a little bit upset, they're not directly going, I mean, South Korea, we're very upset that we're not going to deal with it anymore. We're not seeing any of that. So a bit of a balance act here. And, you know, the reason uh, I actually mentioned the trilateral summit uh, mm-hmm. as one of the achievements is uh, just a few days ago, I actually did not see it that meaningful. Uh, but because President Yoon Seo-gyeol himself uh, openly said that uh, during those five days, he saw this trilateral meeting as the most meaningful event. So I think that itself, his own assessment, could mean something in the near future, maybe. Oh, man, what are the other leaders going to say? Oh, man, I thought our <laughs> meetings were special. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, man. You know, no. All joking aside, I mean, yeah, obviously, because of the current situation on the Korean Peninsula, that meeting is going to be the, the most important one for uh, President Yoon. Let's move on a different topic here, like uh, everyone that uh, all of us are kind of affected by, whether in a good way or a bad way. This started the second half of this year. Uh, so let's begin with the record high expansion of auto fuel tax cuts. Uh, personally, I don't know if it's going to be enough, but nevertheless, start us off. Mm. Well, this should be a measure that should help the ordinary people who have been burdened by skyrocketing gasoline prices lately. So starting today, July 1st, the tax cut on auto fuel has been raised to 30 which is the highest legally allowed level. So uh, that kind of answers uh, our question on if we, um, I mean, you said it might not be enough, but it is uh, the best we can do right now. Now, this is to lower the prices of retail fuel as well as curb surging inflation. Uh, The government has made that decision last month following an expansion of tax cuts to the 30% scale from 20%, and that was effective since May 1st. So as the legal cap to the tax is 37%, as I said, until the end of 2022, this is expected to remain as further cuts would actually require an amendment or revision in constitution mm. by parliament. In line with the tax reduction, the uh, Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy said it will operate a joint market inspection 
team with related ministries to enhance the effectiveness of the measure. Together with the Finance and Transport Ministries, as well as uh, the Fair Trade Commission and the National Tax Service, the team is expected to crack down on possible illegal activities such as fake oil distribution, tax evasion, and collusion. So nationwide inspections will take place at least twice a week. The Ministry of Trade, Industry, and Energy also plans to conduct daily monitoring of domestic oil prices and hold a so-called oil market inspection meeting at least once a week to check the appropriate market price level and encourage further price cuts. Yeah, you guys might be going, what? Fake oil distribution? No, it was actually a big problem a couple of years ago as well. Mm, I mean, there were some of these uh, even major uh, gas stations that apparently they were diluting the fuel Mm. or they weren't really using the kind of oil that they were. Um, But, uh, I mean, I saw, because this is starting today, right? The the tax cut started today because I was driving by, as as I always do, drive by uh, one of the gas stations. Yesterday, the one that I always passed by was something like 2,200, like 30 Korean one per liter of diesel. Mm-hmm. Uh, today I saw it, it was like two thousand one hundred something. So oh, yeah, it's a, okay. it's been implemented, but it's <laughs> it's still high. I mean, when diesel's over two thousand one, it's 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 super high, and not to mention it's more expensive than gasoline right now. Uh, also, starting today, electricity and gas bills, uh, all other things going up. Uh, how what, to what extent are we looking at here? Bogyang, give us the details. Sure. So starting from today, a household of four members will see an increase of thousand five hundred. 135 won per month in the electricity bill and 2,221 per month in the gas bill. And this is not the end. We will see another round of price hike for both electricity and gas this coming October. According to the Industry Ministry and KEPCO, which is Korea Electric Power Corporation, KEPCO raised the adjusted unit fuel cost, which is a key part of the country's electricity rates, by 5 won per kilowatt hour for the July to September period. However, KEPCO does plan to provide a discount of up to 40% of the electricity bill to reduce the burden of around 3.5 million households that are subject to social assistance. On the same day, city gas price for households and for commercial use also rose by 1.111 per megajoule, making it an increase of 2,221 per month per household. Not only that, rates for charging electric vehicles also went up as planned, as a special discount program introduced by KEPCO in 2017 to expand the use of EVs ended as of end of June. The cost increased from 292.91 per kilowatt hour to 313.1 per kilowatt hour. So now with everything rising but the salary, a 6% rise in consumer prices will also become reality. Well, I mean, uh, minimum wage next year will technically rise 5%, right? Uh, not, although it, it, you're right for all of us here, uh, it's not going <laughs> to affect us, to be honest with you. You're right. That's what everyone said. Everything is rising except for the salaries. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 tough, but you know we were talking about yesterday, like the minimum, even with minimum wage. I mean, there's there's also much that you could raise because what happens if you raise the minimum wage too much? The businesses are going to have a hard time paying their employees, and so if they want to match it, they start raising the prices of everything else, and the inflation uh, goes up even more, right? Uh, also, starting this month, household debt rules have undergone some changes. Uh, so I want to hear about this. So what details do you have? Right, uh, this involves strengthened regulations as well as eased regulations. 
First off, uh, to tackle the surge in the country's household debt, the government came up with a new debt service ratio plan, or DSR, so rules on individual borrowers. Uh, it refers to the ratio of a person's total debt compared to household income. So simply said, it's a rule on promoting lending based on repayment capabilities. And starting this month, individual borrowers who borrowed more than 100 million won, or roughly 77,000 US dollars, are allowed to take out additional loans only within the limit of their DSR. Uh, there are exceptions though, and here's the part uh, where the loosening of regulations comes in effect that I mentioned. First-time home bu buyers, for instance, may be allowed a loan-to-value or LTV ratio of up to 80%. So regardless of their DSR limit, they can borrow up to 80% of a house's market value. And there is also the concept of DTI regulations. I won't go into uh, too many details. But uh, what this uh, basically means is that mortgage regulations for those who really need it will be eased. Finance-related official explained, in line with the new government's push to normalize loan regulations, regulations on people who purchase homes for the first time in their lives, ordinary people and consumers will be eased, but loan support that can affect household debt will be limited. Furthermore, financial authorities plan to draw up measures for small business owners and self-employed people in the form of restructuring and supplying special funds because uh, a loan extension and repayment grace period ends in September, which was part of the government's earlier uh, COVID-19 support measures. Yeah, the LTV, uh, I don't know if there are any of our listeners who are listening here in South Korea have been watching very carefully at the, the real estate market and how to go about buying. Because, you know, I bought a house last year, and so, like, I became an expert at this. When I bought it, uh, we were considered, like, the, the speculative area, mm -hmm. even though it wasn't, it wasn't in Seoul. I live outside of Seoul. Uh, and so they were giving like 40%. They were giving 40%, uh, but they were saying that uh, we could get up to 50% because of something. And so we got 50%, which is good enough. But a lot of people were complaining, why not 80%? We want 80%. Give us more money so that we could buy better houses and so forth. And and, and now a lot of people are saying, well, now that everything is ease, it's going to make us, it's going to get easier for people to buy homes. Is that the reality? No, because what's happening right now is the interest rates are going up, yeah. right? So let's say even if you get 80% of loans, how are you going to pay for the interest rate that's mm -hmm. like skyrocketing right now? And uh, even though, you know, what the key interest rate, I think is like 2.75 right now, that's not how much uh, interest rate you're paying uh, to the banks when you're taking out these loans. It's somewhere like 4 to 5%. And if you borrow like $600,000, that's about 2000 something dollars that you have to pay just on the interest alone. And that's not including uh, the, I guess, the, what is it, uh, the, the base payment itself. So still, even though despite the fact that uh, the LTV is going to be raised, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you know, people are going to go crazy and buy houses left and right. Uh, Don Pack says on live YouTube, everything's going up except for Bitcoin. Um, I mean, the market's pretty bad right now. Yangurum says, SJ investing in Bitcoin. No, I don't have money for Bitcoin. It's super expensive. And I don't, I'm not really a big fan of uh, Bitcoin as well. Uh, we're going to go into other news. Uh, Patrick Pierce, housing market is overheated. Absolutely. And this is just not in Korea. It's all over the world. Uh, South Korea market, an all-time high trade deficit of 10.3 billion U.S. dollars. We're talking about 
all-time high here. Po Kyung, give us the details of this. Sure. So according to the industry ministry, South Korea's exports recorded 350.3 billion USD for the first half of 2022, which is up 15.6% from the same period of last year. And imports increased by 26.2% on-year, recording 360.6 billion USD. As a result, South Korea recorded an all-time high trade deficit of 10.3 billion USD or about approximately 13 trillion Korean won. So it's the second largest trade deficit South Korea has experienced in the first half of the year since 1997 when we experienced the IMF crisis. Mm. So, But it's not that South Korea didn't fare well in exports. In fact, export worth 350.3 billion USD is the highest figure recorded for a half-year performance. Daily average exports also hit an all-time high of 2.62 billion USD thanks to the strong export of semiconductors, petroleum products, steel, and other items. By region, exports to ASEAN, US, and India recorded an all-time high performance for June. However, soaring energy and raw material prices led the surge in imports, resulting in 360.6 billion USD, which was more than the exported amount. Not only did prices of other raw materials like steel surge, global inflation and agricultural products such as wheat and corn also contributed to South Korea's trade deficit. It's the first time since the global financial crisis in 2008 that a trade deficit was recorded for three consecutive months. According to the industry ministry, South Korea is not the only country experiencing such trade deficit. Countries such as Japan, Italy, and France that are highly dependent on energy imports are facing the same situation. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about the, the almost a record high inflation rate that we're seeing right now. If you look at just the core inflation, it's, I mean, it's high, but it's not as bad. The reason why the overall inflation is so high is because we put into the fuel. And I mean, the, the oil prices are just outrageous right now and so yeah it's worth noting that again south korea's export numbers are good it's just i mean we're so heavily reliant on these uh, imported uh, you know fuel and oil and things like that energy uh, it's it's almost natural that we are going to see a record high trade deficit on this front uh, we're going to wrap up with uh, what we can expect from a visit by u.s secretary of treasury we're talking about janet yellen uh, during her visit to south korea later this month so uh, tell us more about this Right. So this appears to be the result of discussions made between uh, officials uh, from South Korea and the U.S. recently when Brian Nelson, the undersecretary for terrorism and financial intelligence, was uh, on a visit in Seoul just a few days ago. So uh, the Treasury Department on Thursday revealed some details on Janet Yellen's visit this month to South Korea, which will be on the 19th and the 20th. So two big topics are expected to be discussed. First one, supply chains. The two sides, South Korea and the U.S., will discuss ways to build stronger supply chains and this, of course, to help get the rising prices under control. And also, they are to discuss ways to impose additional costs on Russia for its uh, ongoing aggressions in Ukraine, of course. And uh, yes, uh, in a statement, uh, they said that uh, Secretary Yellen will discuss also coordinating the global response to address the war's consequences. And uh, I think it looks like it's especially for the U.S. side, it is to uh, have a stronger and more resilient supply chains to help lower the prices in America. And uh, of course, also global consumers is what they 
embarrassing. But yes, uh, I hope that this will bear some fruitful results for both countries. Yeah, definitely. So I've got some uh, really important visits uh, coming here in South Korea next week, I believe. I believe uh, the law, some of the lawmakers over in Ukraine, uh, they're coming to South Korea. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, we saw the PPP lawmakers, right, uh, last month make a visit to Ukraine. So if it is, is it reciprocal or is there something big in plan? Uh, is what we're going to be looking at as well. But nevertheless, guys, thank you very much. It was actually a very busy week uh, this week for all of us on the news front. But thank you very much for your report and your insights on some of these issues. Stay safe. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. Have, have a, a good, good weekend. weekend. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.